Hi, this is David Stearman, and you're listening to my Up Podcast. Today I want to talk about the awakening. During the early 70s, I led an evangelistic rock and roll band called The Awakening. The band was named after two great revivals in American church history, which were termed in theological literature as the Great Awakenings. I'll have to admit, though, that the name would have been appropriate enough by virtue of our sound level alone, which some people said was sufficient to raise the dead. (laughs) Now, I'd written this rock opera about the life of Jesus called God Come Down. So one summer, we bought a bus, painted it green. We called it the pickle. (laughs) It looked like a big pickle to us. And we took it out on a 10,000-mile tour all over the U.S., Now, these were revival times. This was the Jesus movement. And we were a bunch of Christian hippies, Jesus freaks. So we set up in parks. We came into some churches. A lot of churches would put us outside when we came into them because we were big and loud and kind of freaky. And we just shared Jesus, hardcore, cold, straight Jesus. And we saw some pretty big crowds and tons of people got saved. I mean, sometimes the hell's angels would come and set up a big line in the back of the of the field, you know. We just, we just, everybody came. And so many kids got saved and born again, and there were miracles. All kinds of things happened, spectacular things. But I will say, one particular incident stands out in my mind above all the others. Let me explain. This happened during the night of our final concert. This was in a church building. Everything had gone well, and the crowd was especially responsive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. It was our regular practice to give an altar call, of course, at the end of all our concerts. But on that particular night, things progressed a little differently. As the band rolled toward the final chords of the closing song, I happened to look up from my guitar to catch sight of a man standing in the center aisle near the back of the sanctuary. Pastor noticed him, too, and walked back to meet him. And after a short conversation, he led the man, who was still carrying his child, toward the speaker's platform. Once he was there, the pastor addressed the congregation. He said, we need a healing miracle here tonight. Adding without any elaboration, this is a serious need. So let's all now stretch out our hands toward this five-year-old boy and pray with one accord. He glanced over to me and said, David, would you and your band members please come over? and lay hands on the boy as we agree in prayer for this miracle. Of course, we complied, and the pastor led in prayer. pastor offered a simple supplication, short on words but long on faith, as we all rested our case before God. As expected, almost at once the boy's eyes popped open, and within minutes he walked out of the place on his own two legs. None of this seemed particularly unusual to us at the time, since this was a charismatic church, and we'd seen plenty of healings before. I didn't find out what had been wrong with this boy until much later, after 14 more years, in fact. At that time, I'd been attending Kenneth Hagin's camp meeting in the same city, which is Tulsa. And as I was leaving the meeting one evening, a woman approached me and asked, Are you David Stearman? Yeah, that's me, I said. My name is Jean, she said. My son was raised from the dead in one of your concerts. I was like, what? I mean, I literally stuttered. Raised from what? I don't remember anything like this. She reminded me of that final band concert and told me all about her child and the healing. I was shocked. 
I said, you're going to have to give me some details on this one, Gene. You mean that boy we prayed for was dead? She said, yes, he was. Here's how it happened. He'd been playing out back in our yard. We have a little basketball court back there with a five-foot retaining wall on one side. Anyway, he was walking on top of that wall when he suddenly just slipped and fell. And by the time we got out there to pick him up, he looked pretty bad. His eyes were rolled back in his head, and he looked to be in shock. When we got him inside, I laid him on the couch and asked my husband if maybe we should call for an ambulance. They're having church tonight, he said. Let's take him up there for prayer. Now, let me step in here and say, uh, I don't recommend that specific course of action in cases like this. But wise choice or not, this is what she said, and that's what they did. So she went on. We took him to church, and when he arrived, the service was already in progress. You guys were up there singing, and so we sat down in the back. But sometime toward the end of the service, our son's eyes rolled back again, and he passed out. So we got up quietly and took him out of the sanctuary of the church office. Pastor apparently had seen us because he came in shortly afterward. He called for the pianist since she was a registered nurse, and she was there pretty quickly. As you'd expect, the nurse encouraged us to hurry the boy off to the ER. But I hesitated, saying that I'd like for him to receive prayer first in front of the church so they can all be standing in agreement with us. The pastor reluctantly complied, told him they could return when they were ready, and excused himself to re-enter the service. After the nurse left, our son passed a final bowel movement and died. Now, the technique of CPR was not widely practiced in those days, except in hospitals. So at this point, there really seemed to be nothing left to do but pray. So my husband carried him back into the sanctuary, took him to the front of the church for prayer, and well, I guess you remember the rest. He revived. His eyes opened wide. He was healed and walked out with us on his own. Well, I told her, I'll have to be honest with you. This might have taken place in our concert, quote-unquote, but really, we were all just spectators. As for me and the band, we've never even heard of any of this until today. We just thought it was a prayer for a sick boy. This was all you. It was you and your husband's faith, your laser focus. I mean, you were like the Shittamite woman, alive or not. You just wouldn't take no for an answer. But what an awesome thing. Today, that child is a loving husband and a father himself. He was probably too young at the time to remember the details of these events, but his parents have since made him aware of what transpired on that bleak day many years before. And if he's anything like the rest of us, I'm sure he's glad today that God is real and that nothing is impossible for him. And that's the whole point of my sharing this testimony with you today, to remind you that God is really the same as he's always been, and he still does the things he's always done. He's a miracle-working God, and he really does answer prayer. And no matter how bad things might look for you right now, it is never too late with Jesus. He can turn the most impossible situations around and transform your darkest days into your brightest. Always remember that God is loving, generous, and kind. And nothing is impossible for him, including the miracle you might need today. Because the bottom line is this. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hey, I meant to ask you, please subscribe. 
whatever you're on, iPhone, Google Play, just hit that subscribe button so I can give you an encouraging word, an upward every week. And they're short, 15 minutes max, perfect for when you're driving somewhere. Also, if you'd like to give, most of you know we're a missionary ministry and go just about everywhere. You can do that at davidsermonministries.org or easier yet, just by way of PayPal. Type in David Sermon Ministries. And thanks so much for listening. We love you. God bless you.